Hey everyone, welcome back to Midnight Screening. It's been a minute, we're back. Uh, this is the show where we try and plan the perfect movie night, one film at a time. Today's film is The Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm your host, Nathan Lang. With me as always, I've got Josh K. Yo, I just realized, if this is planning one big movie night, that's a long night. Mm. It's just clicking. It's, yeah, um, it's only getting longer. Uh, and Ty Hennessy is also here. I am the captain now. <laughs> yes, uh, Ty, Ty is going to be editing from now on. So uh, you know who to blame. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have no idea what is in the episode. I'm just going to post it and then... <laughs> oh, sweet. That's a bold move. Deal with fan backlash. Let's go. Let's hey. say fan backlash. Hey, no <laughs> matter what the comments say, it's still, hell, it's still good for the algorithm, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, any comment, any engagement is good. Do you know it's going to be? It's that's that's be, how it works. It's just going to be an hour of like on loop Chris Evans and not another team movie saying it's a banana split in that um, mankini thing. That's what it's going to be. Just an hour looped. Uh, <laughs> nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> That, that will be a nightmare before Christmas. Yes, you're right, Nathan. Ayo. Hey, um, yes. I'm realizing that I uh, the kind of opening I was going to do is, is like throw at the window. Uh, so I'm going to uh, peek, peek behind the curtain for anyone listening. Uh, we were supposed to have an, an extra person on today, but, uh, you know, plans change. It's yeah. fine. Uh, plans change, people die. People, or cancel. Yeah. We... We killed her. Uh, leave it up to you which one happened. <laughs> I mean, she survived camp at the weekend. She, yeah, she's doing good. Um, but yeah, uh, so the guest we're going to have on, I'll be honest, definitely knows more about this film than any of the rest of us. So we're going to wing it. I'm a, a genius bit. when it comes to the nightmare for Christmas. You know, every um, little trivia fact in detail. Totally. Okay. Um, I'm gonna do that really annoying thing that we just kind of have to do on the show sometimes, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with some very obvious trivia, but we need to get it out of the way. Uh, no way. We all know, we all know who directed Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Yes. Yes. Who? Who? You have to answer the. You can't just say yes. <laughs> yeah, that would, yeah, that's who. You just have to find you. Let's see. This is on you. Also has to say the name of the person that directed Nightmare Before Christmas. Tommy it Wiseau. was Henry Selleck. It was Hang Henry on Selleck. A minute, Ty. <laughs> it was. It was not Tommy Wiseau. Ty. <laughs> and they want a completely different movie. I've got to be honest. I'm <laughs> disappointed in what I did get. Exactly. You imagine Nightmare Before Christmas is, directed by Tommy Wiseau. What is this? I'm fed up with this world. I'm going to Christmas world. That's. Oh, that would have been amazing. I'm... That'd be a great movie. <laughs> Oh, hi, Jack. Someone you tweet know, Tommy Wiseau right now. You know now. what I mean? Go on, then, Nathan. You tweet Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> oh, no, uh, yeah. No, I'll text Greg Sestero. <laughs> <laughs> my, my good friend Greg Sestero. I'll text, text him right Greg now. You've got the initial in. That's all you need. Yeah, he retweeted me. We're friends. <laughs> We're not yeah. first name basis. He knows Wait, I'm he, Yeah, I know his name. He knows my name. <laughs> He's Greg. I'm Nathan. <laughs> That's how that works, for sure. Yeah, I, call, I call him Greg. For this reason, if you are listening, Greg Sestero, we do love you. 
Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not. I'm not comfortable being collectivized into this. We, I don't know this man. Um, that's a good point. We've never met Greg Tisdale. He's yet. just the guy that I tweeted. Yeah, but uh, we think you. We 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 do like your your work. Um, I read your book. Please come on our show. Did you actually read his book? <laughs> I read the Disaster Artist. It's wow, very good. You're such a nerd. I read the synopsis to the movie, The Disaster Artist. Does that count? Guys, we're trying to get him on the show. Yeah, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start with this relationship on a bed of lies, Nathan, okay? Okay. He'll call you a well, I read, well. Greg, I read The Disaster Artist. I think it's a very good book. I, I like the movie as well. It's it's a shame that James Franco has so much control over oh, that man. now. That does suck for you. Um yeah. The big shark looks interesting, if it ever if it exists or not. Okay. Um. Okay. Anyway, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. <laughs> I totally forgot. We did we we established Henry Selick directed it, right? Yes. Okay. Good. Um. Yeah, because that is super important to the rest of the discussion. Uh, for anyone listening who does not realize, Nightmare Before Christmas is not a Tim Burton movie. Thanks, Nathan. Forgot that bit. It's not a Tim Burton movie, but it is Tim Burton's he pr- movie. He produced yes, it, it is. The official title of the movie is Tim, Tim Burton's Burton. The Nightmare Before Christmas. But he produced uh, the film. The, well, the, the best way, because it's a 90s film, so I'm going to use another 90s film to explain why it's the film's called that. 1983 indeed. Uh, you know the movie Bram Stoker's Dracula? Uh, yes. Yeah. Directed by uh, Francis Ford Coppola and not by Bram Stoker because he was uh, incredibly dead by the nineties. Very much so. Unless he is a Dracula, that is true. We don't know for certain. Bram you know, Stoker's you know not Dracula. I mean? Maybe he just forgot the apostrophe. And instead of Bram Stoker's Dracula, it's Bram Stoker is Dracula. <laughs> like they're telling us Bram Stoker's Dracula. There you go. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I've me, never met know. Bram Stoker. I, you might be onto I, something here. We might have met Bram, if Bram Stoker, it, but he's just an old Bram, dude. Bram Stoker, if you're a Dracula, then you're still alive, so you should also come on the show. Uh, Greg Sestero retweeted me once. We're very popular, so uh, <laughs> Vampire Bram Stoker, come on the show. You know what? I want to see if it's just you. I might actually tweet Greg Sestero when we're done. It just, just see what happens. <laughs> Just see what happens. Oh, I can't wait for Ty's ego to be crushed. Oh, <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even. No, 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 if I want my ego crushed, I'd tweet Adam Sandler. That's never going to happen. You know, that's just setting unrealistic expectations for yourself. But the worst thing I'm is, I'm sorry. No one's ever. I've never tweeted officially. I've never actually tweeted before. So my first tweet could be aimed at a celebrity. Wow. Just get one of those accounts, you know, like tweeting Adam Sandler every day till he responds. Eventually, you know, he's got to. Eventually, for yeah, by blocking you. Yeah, <laughs> he responded with what? A restraining order? Well, maybe. I mean, he's doing his whole tour right now, so you never know. He could be in like high spirits. We don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have derailed so many times already. Um, so, anyway. Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas is not yes, directed so, by, so Tim by Tim Burton. Or yeah. Henry Selig. Tim Burton. Henry wrote... Winkler. Cool. Nope. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Hen, no, Tim, what am I talking about? Tim Harris. Burton, that's his yeah. name. T- Tim you Burton uh, wrote a story called The Nightmare Before Christmas that he uh, pitched to Disney for a very long time. I think the story is that he, because he worked at Disney as an animator, if you didn't know. I think we talked about that before on uh, the Edward Scissorhands episode. Yeah. Uh, I believe he was pitching this as far back as working on the Fox and the Hound. Uh, which is the, like... A poem, though. Like, that was the whole thing. It was like he wrote, like, a Christmas poem. Though. It wasn't just, yeah, like, a basic he... story. It was, the it was a poem, like... It was a poem that was... Poem. Yeah. It was a poem that he, he illustrated himself. Uh, hence the title of... The, the title being a pun on The Night Before Christmas. The, the poem. Oh, here, I wonder. Hang on. Keep going. And I find the poem. That is a long poem. It's very long, yes. Uh, <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's very... Um, if you've read any of Tim Burton's poetry, it's very... It's very that. Tim uh, Burton. Yeah, fun of that. Yeah. Um, there's a style to his poetry and to his illustrations and stuff that is... It, it's very love it or hate it. Because uh, it's very on the nose. And stupid. It's very stupid. Yeah. Wow. Can't believe you called Tim Burton stupid. I think called Tim Burton stupid. Like I, I think he's you very purposefully camp and yeah, he's very camp and, and you know silly. Yeah, he basically uh, just called Tim Burton stupid, disgraceful. Yeah. I, I I like Tim Burton <laughs> enough. Well, I don't have yeah, much message interest in Tim Burton to be fair. Well done, great save, great save. I say that I don't have much of a like stake in Tim Burton. He, this is the second time we've talked about him, and this is like episode fifty. I know, and it will not, it will not be the last. It's definitely not going to be the last time. He's unavoidable in this scenario. Yeah, he's like Like, Ed Wood and shit like that. He is unavoidable. No, yeah, we we can't talk about cult movies and not talk about Ed Wood eventually. Like. Mm. Um, so yeah, he wrote. Yeah, he he wrote this poem. He was pitching the the film that he was planning to direct uh, as far back as uh, working on Fox and the Hound, which is I think that movie came out in the eighties, right? Fox and the Hound. Yeah, it's that kind of middling right. Disney yeah, era yeah, that no one yeah. cares about. So nineteen eighty one. There you go. Eighty one. Okay, so we're probably pitching this as far back as the late seventies. Um, a young, fresh-faced Tim Burton looking like Edward Scissorhands. Uh, I don't think I need to explain that one. We we talked about before that he looks just like Edward Scissorhands when he's younger. Yeah, he um, the hands. Yeah, minus the hands. I mean the hair. Uh, and the, he was just Edward hands. The <laughs> Edward finger hands. <laughs> that somehow sounds like a creepy movie. Got to be honest. Harsh, yeah. Yeah, um, I didn't think before I said that out loud, I'll be honest. Do you want me to cut that from the recording? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he pushed it as far back as then, and uh, Disney outright rejected it because uh, animation wasn't making money at this time. So Disney, if you look at the Disney movies around then, they're playing it incredibly safe and still not making any money. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm gonna Google quickly Google Disney movies eighties. Because I can't even think of one off the top of my head. That's how like <laughs> here IMDb list here nineteen uh, nineteen eighty nine. So like Disney at this time we're doing. She's showing me too many. Th I don't care about the live action movies. Boy. Uh, the Black Cauldron. Great film, underrated. Black Cauldron is great, to be fair. Uh, but like again. I I mean, probably the animated film that's lost the most money of any animated film ever, other than Mars Needs Moms, obviously. Uh, <laughs> go back to that episode. Uh, and then Basil else? also come out in the 80s. But yeah, Great Mouse Detectives in that 86. That was a great film. Uh, Oliver and I Company? Think it's Oliver and Company, yes. Oh, here the, I'm... Billy, the Billy Joel musical about a cat. <laughs> Voiced by Joey Lawrence. <laughs> Wait, wasn't uh, Little Mermaid in 89, though? Aha, oh. this is, yes, this is my point. Thank you, Josh. Uh -huh. This is what I'm coming to. So, yes, right, 89, right at the, the end of of the decade, yeah, they released a little movie called The Little Mermaid, which is a very safe animated film, really. You know, it's a, it's an old story that everyone knows already. You know, it's an old folktale. It's a princess film. Nice, easy, distract your kids with movie. The difference is... The Little Mermaid's incredible. Uh -huh. And it makes so much money <laughs> that as soon as, as, as that thing goes out and, and people see it and, and people love it, it's critically acclaimed, it's making it's making Disney money hand over fist. The the higher up at Disney realize Oh, people like animation. They just want good movies. So they start green lighting anything. <laughs> Uh, this is obviously what we call the Disney Renaissance. Uh, yeah. It's debated how far the Renaissance goes from Little Mermaid, but you know you've got the obvious ones: uh, Aladdin, The Lion King. Uh, what's the other one? <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. Oh, right. How's it? Beauty and the Beast. Like, do you know how many movies um, Disney released? In like the 90s. Yeah, but a bit like right, right in the the start of the 90s, you have got the proper Renaissance. Um, it's debated how far it goes after that, because you know you start dealing with your uh, Pocahontas and Hunchback of Notre Dame's and Mulan's and things. Uh, it becomes a mixed bag towards the end of the 90s, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but they're they're they like green light and everything. Yeah. So they 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 find this script pitched by. Tim Burton, who, uh, I don't know if, uh, you guys know off the top of your head, Little Mermaid came out in 1989, uh, do you know what other film might be relevant to this story in 1989? Well, gonna... Oh, Batman. Batman. <laughs> Batman. Yes. <laughs> Ten nerd points, yay. Good job. So, Tim Burton is... That sounded condescending. Yeah, but... <laughs> Tim Burton. That was legitimate. Like, yeah, like I, I didn't warn you I was gonna do that. So, yeah. um, I know if you said some of that to me, all knowledge of film would go in my head. So, but yeah, yeah. By the early nineties, Tim Burton is one of the most famous filmmakers on the planet. Yes. Uh, and really, so he's coming off. So, uh, yeah, he's coming off the back of Beetlejuice. He's coming off the back of Batman. Uh, 
Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> we'll talk about Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, that's that's what made Tim Burton Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> I panicked. Okay, I can't think of another. That might be about it. To be fair, what he's like his big movies by then. By that point, yeah, I think so. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Uh, his big adventure, Beetlejuice and Batman. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, Beetlejuice and Batman coming out about a year apart. Yeah, two or three is not he's, bad. He's 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 very fam- He's very famous by this point. Uh, he when Nightmares uh, greenlit, he is working on Edward Scissorhands, uh, and he's he's asked to, to come back. Uh, He's worked in stop motion before when he was a student, and when he was working at Disney, he made uh, Vincent, uh, which is a stop motion film, and uh, the live action short Frank and Winnie, which is confusing because that did become a stop motion feature later. That is uh, yeah, shelf that. That's a whole much. That's a much whole later. Other, it's a whole other story for a whole other episode. We don't have. We can't go into everything Tim Burton's ever done, that's considering <laughs> this isn't a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the that's established up top. so I'm going to have to mute myself for literally a second keep talking I'm just going to mute the okay that's fine. Um, but yeah so Burton's asked to, to come back that's and he, I mean he'd love to his, his dream film is finally being made the issue being is that he is signed on to do Batman Returns so he can't do it because he's got a Batman movie to make which was great as well. Love that movie. It's a fantastic. I think it's the better of the two. Ooh, controversial opinion. They both have their own merits. Yeah, but only one's got well, nine of the only. Yeah, I was about to say that exact thing. <laughs> That's the only metric I'm using. Both of those films are like five star brilliant films, but one has the Danny DeVito as a creepy little goblin man, so. Penguin man. Sorry, yes, creepy little penguin man. He's really creepy in that movie, though. Like, he's great in that movie. He's so good. He's terrifying. Absolute masterpiece. Just yeah. What a beautiful man. (laughs) Oh, was the masterpiece there just Danny DeVito? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. The movie was pretty good too. but... (laughs) But oh, Danny DeVito. Anyway, yeah, so Tim Burton could do the movie. He could do he's making Batman Returns. Um, so, Disney decide, strike while the iron's hot, we don't know how long this whole animation uh, renaissance thing is going to last, which is fair, I mean, that's, that's good. So we have to make it, we have to make it right now. So they hire Henry Selick. Henry Selick is an animator, he's a stop-motion guy. Uh, I mean, he's a good choice for the... For he it. is, I... I don't think I can think of many things he did before Nightmare Before Christmas. I can think of a lot he's done since, because, I mean, he is an animation legend by this point. Yeah, uh, because, you know, since then he has done the world-famous James and the Giant Peach, along with some other games. Go- <laughs> <laughs> oh, just for that reaction. Just that was a part of me that thought you were going to say Monkey Bone, to be fair. That would be pretty funny, too. Uh, yeah. But yes, also no. yep. Caroline. Uh, there you go. Also Caroline. Which uh, 
beautiful film as well. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. According to IMDb, he also worked on... Uh, he was an in-between artist on Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, character animator on Great Mouse Detective, uh, and Black Cauldron. So he, he was around at Disney. I feel like that makes sense, probably, probably just a guy they gave a shot to because uh, they realised that there was enough tenuous links to Tim Burton to call it Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and trick yeah. people into seeing it that way. Uh, but here's where I think the film's strength lies. Uh, and it might sound vaguely controversial, considering I like all of Tim Burton's work in the 90s. Yes, I went through all of them in my head there, I think that's true. Planet of the Apes isn't until the... All? Question mark? Really? Uh, Have I forgotten a 90s Tim Burton film that's like... Oh, a 90s Tim Burton film? Yeah, not all Tim Burton films. Uh, Like, I like all the stuff he did in this era. You mean the big ones? I'm looking at... I'm just going to look at it now. Um, Yeah, so am I. Wait, Tim Burton produced James and the Giant Peach? Oh, hold up. It's not that surprising, is it? Wait, you like Mars Attacks? I think that's pretty funny. Uh, okay, Mars, Atta- we're get- Mars Attacks, I think, is where he starts to lose me a little bit. Uh, but, like, around about... So, this is 93. Beetlejuice is 88. Batman's 89. Edward Scissorhands is 1990. Batman Returns in 92. Edward in 94. Like, we're talking... We're in the peak Tim Burton era right now. Sleep- Sleepy Hollow as well is pretty solid. Sleepy Hollow's pretty good. It gets, yeah, it gets weird from there. Yeah, what the hell is Cabin Boy? Um, singles. But yeah, as much as I like a lot of Tim Burton stuff at this point, I think the strength Nightmare has is that it's not a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. Like, it wasn't directed by Tim Burton. And that is because Henry Selleck, maybe out of, you know, first-time director fear, does not stray from his source material and what was played out in front of him in the slightest. Meaning that this is one of the most satisfyingly to-the-point movies of all time. There is no fat on this thing at all. There is barely any dialogue that isn't a musical number. There is barely any set pieces. There's nothing that doesn't need to be in it. It's but a bing. Here's the here's the plot, and we're out. Yep, I did. I remember when I watched that game for this. I forgot how short the film was. I was genuinely surprised. It's like what an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, because it is just it just yeah. doesn't stop, which it's is just, great. It's yeah, it's it's such a strength. Uh, we have a friend Andrew, uh, who has uh, a thesis that every movie is twenty minutes too long. <laughs> That's uh, which. I think for the most part he's right. Uh, my one caveat would be, except for A Nightmare Before Christmas, because this is this is the only movie where I can't think of a single scene that would be cut, because every single scene is, like, the plot of the movie. True. Uh, which, if this was a Tim Burton movie, that would not be the case. Tim Burton movies are meandering messies. That's often their strength, to be fair. They're charming. Uh, but Edward is uh, Edward. <laughs> I fully just named the most bloated one I could think of from this era. Um, 
<laughs> instead of saying Tim Burton's name. Yeah, his movies could do with a trim sometimes. Maybe other than Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is pretty short. Yeah, yeah. but like, you can say that about most films, especially nowadays. They seem to just drag on. More well, movies more. are just getting longer. Like, so much longer. Have you seen the new Avatar runtime estimate or something? Oh, Maybe yeah. I was going to say, I feel like I'm already limbering up for Dune 2. But yeah, you're right. Avatar's closer. <laughs> yeah. So three, hour, three hours and something. Yes, yeah, ridiculous. And it's Just movie insane. two or five. Why? Why? <laughs> uh, uh, Avatar. Yeah, so but James Cameron isn't. <laughs> the rest of us are, but he isn't, and he directed Terminator 2, so he gets to do whatever he wants. Nathan, tweet at James Cameron, tell us all. Nah, I, 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 I mean, have you seen Terminator 2? Like, yes. oh, yeah, he can do what he wants. You see Avatar? <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, but, you know, he did, like, he did Aliens. Cool. He's done two great but, movies. I'm fine, I'm honestly fine letting James Cameron just mess around with his, his little tech projects if he feels like it. Yeah. He's remember, earned it. Remember the last guy that got the ability to do that? It was Michael Bay, and look what happened. No, Michael Bay didn't earn that. Michael Bay just said he was gonna do that. <laughs> Transformer movies have to be. And he's a, he's an angry, scary man. So no one told him no. That's true. Um, that's that's just genuinely what happened with Michael Bay. You want to get in a fight with him? I've never really seen him, so maybe give me a second. No, he is an intense man. He told the. Uh, you ever heard the story of? Uh, it's just so off topic. With that anyway. Uh, you ever heard the story of him telling Ben Affleck to shut the fuck up? I could be no. having a fight. <laughs> yeah. He um. <laughs> this is a great story. It's actually if you have um. I think I've got it actually. The DVD for Armageddon, and you listen to the audio commentary. There's a. I do have Armageddon. I don't know if I have the right one or not though. I'll need to check. Uh, if we ever do Armageddon as an episode. But there's an audio track with Ben Affleck. And at one point he's talking about how um, stupid the plot to the movie is. Yeah. And then he goes, uh, I asked uh, Michael why it would be easier to train oil drillers to be astronauts than to teach astronauts to use a drill. And he looked at me and said, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> and just walked away. <laughs> so... Probably not the nicest guy to work with. Yeah, He's not important to this story. I could beat him in a fight. I could fight Michael Bay. It'd be easy. Um, Nathan, tweet Michael Bay. See, I want to fight. <laughs> I'm definitely not getting a retweet from Michael Bay. Um, no, with Natchez like that, you're not. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm offering, all, all, I'm offering Michael Bay a screen. After goal. this. After this episode, all of my Twitter is going to be is me tweeting random celebrities vaguely connected to topics from the show. I'll fight for the net worth of the Transformers movies. I'll make, like, I don't know, a couple million. Oh, those build me bank, man. Those are... I know. Um, the fight to the death for the net worth of the Transformers movies. But yeah, so, um, yeah, we're talking about this movie. Is like, I think, uh, I think it would be... Perfectly right, actually, Josh. It is like an hour twenty, isn't it? 
Uh, I watched it this morning, and I think it was an hour. It's an hour sixteen. There you go. Hour sixteen. That's very cool. That is a like, lean movie. It's like a short film nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not even. It's not even ninety minutes. Like, yeah. which is the average for like a quick film. Uh, and I do think part of that is yeah, it's a, it's an untested director. He doesn't want to step out of his boundaries too far. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, again, one of the things this film has going for it is that uh, it, it sticks as close to its source material, which is already like this really cool, interesting, campy, fun, original story. You know, no one has really done anything quite like it before. It's adapted virtually perfectly uh, to the point where, like, the models they've built, they look exactly like the illustrations. Like, they're it's one to one in points, which is very impressive. But the other thing I was going for is virtually the opposite thing, and that is that the studio, Walt, the Walt Disney Corporation, separated themselves as far as they could from this thing out of fear of it bombing, that there was virtually no creative restraints on it at all. Oh. Yeah. Um. So you may notice that I watched this. Uh, I watched this on my laptop, so uh, for the first time I watched it on Disney Plus, and seeing the the Disney logo in front of this film mm. is on it's an uncanny valley thing for me that doesn't belong there. <laughs> yeah, I watched Now this film, else. yeah, this film was uh, initially uh, distributed by uh, a Disney subsidiary called Touchstone, and Touchstone essentially oh, exists. Touchstone. Yeah, Touchstone essentially exists so that Disney can uh, produce things that don't quite fit the brand just to kind of see what happens. And if they fail, they can sweep them under the rug because we didn't do that. Touchstone did. The mask. Yep. Which is um, genius. Like, which... don't accept any of the blame. Sorry. <laughs> it is. Yeah, like, um, and this was one of those films that were ready to sweep under the rug because, um, to their credit, this film's premise is insane. No, we didn't say insane. Wacky. I no, mean, insane. Yeah. Wacky. Through <laughs> a Christmas door, and then decides to become Father Christmas. Nah, Look, today. <laughs> today, this is a film that get like you greenlight this kind of film. This this is made tomorrow. Like you pitch this, you you're getting a Netflix deal. Easy. But that is because we live in a world post the nightmare before Christmas. Like this film is the reason we have a a Coraline and a Paranorman and a um Frank and Weenie. Frank and Weenie, that'll do. I was gonna just say insert third scary kids film. Monster House. <laughs> Monster House. That's a good one. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking and, at and thought about that one. Just to see if there's anything like almost like like a cute. Well, this is. In in Disney, like the actual Disney, what do they call them? The Disney animated classics. Uh-huh. This yeah. is sandwiched between like The Lion King and Beauty and the Beast. So like, right. they're not making stuff like this. No one is making stuff. Not for children. Like, no. It's because it's not a kids' film, really. 
I mean, kids. The thing with this, right, is it's not like it's not a case of it's not a kids' film because it's too scary for kids. If your kids too scared of this film, your kids need to grow up here. Uh, <laughs> this film is delightful. It's more just that you can't appreciate it properly until you're like in age. I remember watching this as a kid, as a kid, and loving it. But then watching it again as an adult, and just it's better because you see so much more, and there's just a simplicity and an elegance to it that you don't appreciate because yeah. as kids you're like, oh, cool skeleton. I, I didn't realise until, like, when I was in high school and I rewatched this film, is that as a child I had no idea what was going on at all during Jack's Lament. Yeah. Because everything he's talking about is a reference that's straight over my head. He's like, he does like a joke about uh, Othello. Yeah. Because he's a skeleton, man. Maybe I should have watched this as a kid so I could have appreciated it more as an adult. You didn't watch this as a kid? Uh, no. Oh, oh my boy. Ty, you have proven a theory of mine. Uh, I have proven a theory. Okay, go. Yes, we were talking off off pod. That's how I know. <laughs> I know this. I haven't just read Ty's mind. Ty, um, briefly, uh-huh. uh, what what's your thoughts on this movie? What's how, how do you what do you feel about this? Me and Josh have lavished praise on it. What <laughs> what do you think? It's fine. And uh, and once again, Ty, uh, <laughs> when did you first see this film? Um, oh, properly. One minute. Yesterday. Okay. Wow. Um, I've seen bits and bobs here and there, so like I knew about the Boogeyman, I knew about bloody Jack Skellington, I knew roughly about the Christmas Store. And I knew the song This mm-hmm. is Halloween. Oh yeah. That, um, that's pretty much that it. makes sense. Like, I to be fair, you're actually, yeah. you're friends with me and yeah. we've uh, had Halloween parties together, so you've yeah. definitely heard the song This is Halloween. Yeah. I've never fully sat down and like watched it all the way through. Um I've had this theory for a while, because I've I've talked to a few other people who who have seen it more recently for the first time, who have given me the same response of is that it, basically? Wow. Yeah, I'm not saying. Um, like, I'm not saying is that it. It's just like, like, for a movie, like, it, like, it's a solid down the middle movie. I gave it two and a half stars out of five, so it'll be a five out of ten. It's a solid down the middle movie, but like. Oh, Ty, you can stop. <laughs> My soul. I compared it. I compared it to other Tim Burton's work. That's what I do when I watch movies. Like, if 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 I know it's been directed by someone and I've seen other movies like those then I kind of like compare them so like Ashley's my observation yeah Ashley's very this isn't Tim Burton's work (laughs) so even even produced like I looked as produced then I looked as directed so um my observation here and again, it's it's film special about for a while. Ty, um, I, I didn't expect it to work quite this well. Um, okay. You even said middle of the you you said middle of the pack. You give it a five, like straight in the middle. Yeah. Um, and I think we 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 if we rewind a little bit, me and Josh have been praising this movie for its simplicity, right? Uh-huh. Um, but I think there's a subconscious thing if you haven't seen it before, if it isn't. A film you either saw, like, 
at the time that you just sort of stumbled upon it when it was bubbling under uh, and you watched it and you're part of the reason it's huge yeah. or if you saw it throwing up when you didn't have a perception of what movies tend to be like and structure and yada yada the way this film is talked about in pop culture you know the way that disney have like reclaimed it as like they meant it to be huge all the whole time and they were always on board with it that they'll like decorate disneyland every halloween to look like halloween town and um like there's a kingdom hearts level based on it and every hot topic around the world has jack skellington merchandise and whatever yeah actually has jammies yeah like you'd presume this film was more of a film i guess you know like it, it You'd expect a Lion King. You'd expect something big, something grand. And this film is is a lean little thing with like five characters in it. Yeah, I I'd, I'd expect more of a thing at the end. That's it. It just um yeah, it's it's the most in and out movie of all time. By which I mean the second that the main plot is over, it's not- the movie is over. Yeah. Like the movie stops. Um, and I think there is a thing with like the way that this how big this film is it's like talking to people yeah. like I, I saw a lot of the, the, the classics like the proper classics when I was younger like quite little and I'm forever quite lucky about that because I find myself defending things like Citizen Kane to people that have seen them more recently because like the build-up of those films, like, you're expecting something earth-shattering, you know, and it's... Nothing is, is what, like, Citizen Kane is projected to be. No no yeah. film will ever be what what that is, like, supposed to be, the way it's held up. But it's a fantastic movie. It's, 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 it's great. I did not know what Citizen Kane was supposed to be when I saw it. And I'm thankful for that, because I can... I have a appreciation for that film. Uh, not that I'm calling... This movie Citizen Kane before before anyone gets mad at me. Yeah, safe, it's not that safe. good. It's gonna clarify Henry Selick isn't Orson Welles. I understand that, um, but it is. It's a really good, solid, fun movie that some people treat like it's the greatest thing that ever happened. Um. And yeah, it's never going to be able to live up to that to people, and that's understandable. Like, I get when people don't like this film, I just kind of feel sorry that you didn't grow up with it. Yeah. I mean, like, when when I watched it, like, I turned around and, like, actually, you know, what do you think? And I told her, she got mad. <laughs> like, straight up. She was like, one of her excuses was, um, it's older than you, it should garner your respect. But no, 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 no. <laughs> respect is earned. And okay, then, yeah, look, yeah, that's fair. Like, Bill Cosby's older than yeah. me, but... I ended the argument by going... An interesting choice, Nathan. I don't respect him. I ended the argument by saying, you're the girl that said Shawshank Redemption was meh. You have no opinion. That was it. Now, to be fair, she said films are older than you. Uh, Garden of respect, Shawshank is the same age as you. Yes. Therefore, she doesn't have to respect it. No, it's older than her. It is older than her, that is true. Um, I'm just saying. 
Like, you know, just saying. I love um, football. But, you know, but, you know. This is the kind of film that will, like... I think I used to be like that with this film. Uh, I'm like that with no films now, to be fair. Uh, um, I've spent too long on. I've spent too long talking about films on the internet to be defensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is a film that, like, yeah, people who grew I, up with it will, yeah, they will be very passionate about it, and I think it comes through in both me and Josh as well. To be fair. I mean, I'm defensive about one movie, but I just like it's funny arguing about it. Well, to be fair, the one movie we're talking about that you're talking about there, sorry, is that's a nostalgia thing for you as well, right? Yes. Um, so there's probably an element of that. Like, I'll, I'll admit that a lot of my love for this movie comes from nostalgia. Yeah. Um, it was probably the first, like, horror-themed thing I saw that wasn't a Scooby-Doo episode. You know. Oh, and um, I. Kind of think I... <laughs> I'm the uh, I'm the showrunner of this show, so if if that doesn't tell you how much horror has meant to me over the years, then wait, I you've not been paying attention. I do remember <laughs> my first horror type movie that wasn't a Scooby Doo episode. Mhm. Starship Troopers. That is an insane first horror. Type. Yeah, it was the brain bug man. You never saw like. <laughs> you ever saw like a labyrinth or never-ending story or something? Yikes! Nope. Ghostbusters? And uh, no, I never watched Ghostbusters till after. Um, after. How old was I when I watched? I, I was so scared you were gonna say I didn't see Ghostbusters till we covered it. No, like... no, I'd see Ghostbusters. <laughs> I think I was like. And when I watched Ghostbusters, I think I was okay. Eight. That's a good age for Ghostbusters. I think I was like eight or nine when I watched Starship Troopers. Wow, that's somewhat impressive. That is young for Starship Troopers to be fair. Yeah, and that's coming from me. You've heard the stories I've told on this show. Yeah, yeah, I think that was pretty much like my first. Unless I'm thinking that's my first like outer child horror stuff. <laughs> No, I think that's literally it. Because I didn't watch, like, Freddy and Jason or that till I was, like, 11. So you were old enough to sneak watching Freddy and Jason movies? I understand the horror. Oh, wait, uh, wait, shit, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. It's not Starship Troopers. It was it. Oh, the, uh, yeah, yeah, it, the, the, the TV movie, yeah. Yeah, it came on TV when I was, like, seven or eight, and I watched it. Oh, yeah, I feel like that's quite a common, like, this, childhood trauma movie. That's a lot, yeah. Yeah, to this, uh, you, you know when you walk from, like, the back of the church forward, and you pass the balcony? Uh, to this day, I cannot walk past that without looking back. Like, if I'm in the church alone, I'll look back just in case there's a fucking clown. You know what I mean? Legitimately. Um. Well, yeah, so we're talking about, um. Childhood trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're talking about the, yeah. Connection people have this movie, and some people just don't yeah. have that. Um. And yeah, I think it is just this film isn't what 
it's not that it's not what's advertised. It's just that it's only what's advertised. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense, Josh? Does that make sense as someone who's very much on my side? Um, yeah. I think... Uh, as a film, when you watch it as a kid, though, yeah, you're watching, you're like, ooh, this looks really cool. Fun songs. Ah, Santa Claus. Wahoo. That bit sums up as a kid, right? Yeah. Far off. And then you watch it again as an adult and you just realise there is more to it than you realise as a kid. And it's really what It looks beautiful. The music is some of the greatest Danny Elfman compositions ever. And, oh, I've got a lot and, to say about that. Don't you worry. Oh, I know you do. I know you do. And all that. But so when you watch it again as an adult after oh. having watched it as a kid, it is largely just a, oh, this is really nice. But I suppose if I've never really thought. Well, if you hadn't seen it as a kid, because I just kind of assumed everyone had a decent childhood and saw this film. Apparently, some people didn't. <laughs> well, that's it. It's simultaneously like a really iconic film that everyone knows about, but it's also like niche. Like it's a niche thing to show a child, you know. Yeah, I feel like I always just assume a lot more people that have seen it than actually have. Like I get surprised more and more about how many people yeah. didn't see this as a kid. I think we both had the same experience. Uh, at least I'm, I'm presuming, just based on. Um, conversation we've had about other films from uh we watched as children um are you the same that like your parents saw this individual like on their own like they just liked this movie and therefore showed it to you specifically yeah they were like i like this movie and you're sitting yeah. in the room i'm not going to stop watching this movie just because of that and then i saw the movie I, yeah. yeah exactly the same story yeah this was bizarrely the only dvd my parents owned for years oh that's Huh. Like when, like they both moved out of like their respective like Chelsea homes and got a flat together, so like they didn't own a lot of physical media anymore. They they owned this, <laughs> just this. That feels so um, random. I mean, it is. It's, it's fair enough. At least I, 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 I think it is. Uh, it's the copy I still have. It's the the my one now. Wow. Also, the DVD that like traumatized me as a child because uh, Vincent is on there, and Vincent is terrifying. Not actually seen Vincent, but okay. Vincent's really good, but it's like it freaked me out at nine or whatever. Yeah, well, from what I know about Vincent, fair enough. Bearing in mind, I didn't know who Vincent Price or Edgar Allan Poe were. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but, that's really fair. Josh, you 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 named one of my favorite people on the planet. So can we talk about him? You want to talk about Danny Elfman? I want to talk about Danny Elfman. Okay, let's talk about Danny Elfman. I want I want the the listeners to to hear the the sigh in Josh's voice when he said that, and then remember that he leaped praise on this man a few minutes ago. I I love Danny Elfman. Don't get me wrong. The problem you just is, love him more. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's that Josh has heard me rave about how great Danny Elfman is for a very long time. Oh, okay. And you I still think, I think you've still got a bit of a bias towards him. I do, I have a major I think the uh, the thing with us and Danny Elfman is that it was a big part of the reason we're friends or like became friends is that we have very similar opinions on a lot of things. You know? Yeah. We like we like a lot of the same movies especially. Yes, very So, true. when we'd been hanging out for a while, and there was a movie 
type thing we just completely disagreed on, that was a huge deal. And it still kind of is, if you've heard us argue about Dune on this show. Oh, don't get me started Dune. <laughs> like, Dune, the, the quality of Dune might have been like the biggest argument we'd had in years, because it's just weird when we disagree. It's... Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I think there was something about the fact that we didn't have the same favourite film composer that at the time just felt strange and wrong. And especially felt strange and wrong because you were so wrong. Look, I've come to terms with the fact that it's it's not the usual pick. It's not one of the normal picks to pick Danny Elfman. the wrong pick. I can't think of a Danny Elfman score that I don't love, though. But that's the thing. Sure, I'm not saying he's done anything bad, but they're just nowhere near as memorable. He's also done some stuff. Like, did you know he did the Fifty Shades score? He did, but I haven't heard See, that. <laughs> See, but it just helps to prove that point. He's done some dodgy stuff. Like, yeah, he's all. I mean, I'm not saying. I'm not even saying it's like it's bad stuff. It's just you know. It's not the no, great. I think, to, I think to um better uh pronounce your opinion, do you want to tell people who your favorite is? My favorite is the default favorite because he is the greatest film composer who ever lived. Uh, John Williams, of course, you he know, goes, from yes. Indiana Jones to Star Wars to Jurassic Park to Jaws. Just, I mean, Harry Potter, like, what's that man not done that's to love? And the best part of that is it's all memorable songs as well. Whereas Danny Elfman, for his memorability, he's got, he's got Nightmare Before Christmas and, I don't know, like, Batman? Can't yeah, really remember Bat- any of Batman his... Themes, really. I did look Can't... up, um, before this, I looked up, like, I found one list, it was like, the top ten Danny Elfman songs. And they're all like, from um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Eight of them are from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. And was one of them Batman? No. Oh, what was that? The other two were from Corpse Bride. Oh my. That checks out. I mean, I'm not here to shit on Danny Elfman. Not at all what I'm doing. But. He just, what he does is good, but it's just not above and beyond. Whereas if you take, even if you take Hans Zimmer, for example, with the Gladiator soundtrack, the Dark Knight soundtrack, he did June, which again, uh, okay. The Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack, which is probably one of the most iconic character themes ever. Even the Sherlock Holmes soundtracks he did were great. And that's Hans Zimmer. And then you could go to Howard Shore if you want, who created the most seamless, beautiful masterpiece of a soundtrack for Lord of the Rings. And John Williams, who is the most iconic person ever. And you still say your favourite is Danny Elfman. My favourite is Danny Elfman. My favourite is the guy from Ongo Bongo. <laughs> and he's just that was wrong. the name of Danny Elfman's band, if anyone's confused by that joke. Um, I think it is just... <sighs> Wrong. I mean, Hans Zimmer is a good example. Zimmer has like a very particular style that, like, he he molds into what he's doing very seamlessly. But like, I mean, if I said if I said to you the Hans Zimmer sound, you know what noise I mean? Yeah. But he gets. Yeah, that was almost it. Really, it goes. It goes. <laughs> but then it goes into things like that. No, that was completely wrong. No, it wasn't. I can sing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, at the moment. But like, it's just, yeah, Hans Zimmer is, is memorable. And this is where it comes. When, when, you're, when you're a movie soundtrack producer, you need two things mainly. You need it to seep into the film to add to it and not to take you out of the film to be like, ah, that's a weird soundtrack. But it also got to be memorable. If you can't hear a film soundtrack and instantly think of that film, you've done it wrong. And if you hear the like the Jack's theme, he is a pirate, you instantly picture Jack Sparrow swinging across some docks. You know, Absolutely. if you picture concerning hobbits from from Howard Shore, instantly you're in the Shire. And if you picture any of John Williams' soundtracks, you know where you are. You just do, and you become terrified of the ocean. But Danny Elfman, like if I was to play you what, like the Coraline soundtrack, it's a good soundtrack, but you're not going to know this from Coraline. Like, it's a cool like, soundtrack. Yeah, if you hear a Danny Elfman theme, um. Minus one, which we'll get to in a minute. You immediately think of Danny Elfman before you think of the thing. Um, unless there's words to it, because that makes it slightly easier. Hence why that list focused on uh, this film and Corpse Bride. Yep. Because uh, there's singing on those that tell you which film it is. And <laughs> Corp- Remains of the Day's case in Corpse Bride, they say the name of the movie quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's just a sheet, but... It works. <laughs> it's a good song, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, like, yeah, Elfman's, it's... You you have an orchestra that is very violin-heavy, and there's a choir that sounds kind of creepy, and that's everything he does. Uh, and I just, I, I just like that vibe a lot, you know? Too. Like, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's just... No, it's just, it's, just, it's a very personal, like, it's just a sound I, I like. A lot more than most sort of classical style movie soundtracks, and that is, I mean, particularly when we're talking John Williams. Nothing against John Williams, like, I mean, you're talking there about the Jaws theme, you're talking there about Jurassic Park and whatever. Of course, I love those. Who doesn't? <laughs> um, but I was thinking because I was thinking about Danny Elfman. There, uh, I referenced there was one theme he did that I don't think necessarily fits in to everything. And I don't know if we'll have a chance to talk about it again. Do you know what I'm thinking of? Which Danny Elfman theme? Uh, not off the top of my head. Um, th- I was thinking of The Simpsons. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I've... He did do The Simpsons. He did do The true. Simpsons theme. Um... Which is the point I will always use when people are like, why is Danny Elfman your favourite? Like, everything he does sounds the same. I'm like, yeah. And The Simpsons. Except that one. So it doesn't quite count. To be fair, it still has the same choir going, The Simpsons. At the start of it. Yeah. But, I mean, if you want to talk about I mean, you can't tell me you don't hear ba 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 da ba ba I don't have the same feeling you have towards, like, Dun, 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 like, see, that's the thing. That's the same thing. I don't really grow up watching The Simpsons. But here's the thing: that is one song. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally cheating right now by honing in on one particular theme that isn't in this movie. <laughs> well, again, Daniel, I mean, I, and the soundtrack to Nightmare Before Christmas is great. The song, the, and I mean. The fact they got Danny Elfman to sing it instead of the voice actor was oh, thank goodness. was like a bold <laughs> choice, and it was great because it worked out. It meant that the songs were exactly as he wanted them to be. Mm. It was great, 
again, I think Danny Elfman is amazing at what he does, but to say he's your favourite... I think we'll just forever have to agree to disagree on, on the Danny I'll Elfman debate. One day. One day I'll I don't think you it. will. I'm, I, I'll use, I, I'm determined. Um, I've got my, my, my head in the sand with Danny Elfman. Look, you've got more chance of converting me to hating Dune than to backing you know, down on this one. I'll take it. I'm going to redirect my efforts. I mean, you want to sit down for like 10 minutes talking to my dad about the new Dune. He'll probably redirect your feelings. Well, I agree with your dad that uh, the David Lynch movie is very good as well. I just like both of them. No, no, he watched the new one. He said it was horrible. Yeah, your dad is way too close to the... <laughs> Wait, I'm not here to... Def- I'm, I can only defend one <laughs> thing I mean, at a time. You're arguing Drew, on you go. I mean, you're, you're funeral. I mean, I'd, I'd rather not. <laughs> um... Yeah, same. But, uh, yeah, we should probably dive... Uh, we should do some deep dives into things that actually happened in the movie, because we've not done a lot of that yet. Oh, yeah. I We're talking about a film, not... Danny Elfman. What are we talking about Danny Elfman, the guy? Um, what are you eating? Oh yeah, sorry, I'm eating, uh, I'm eating some chocolate-covered peanuts right now. Of course you are. Aww, that's adorable. I've got wasabi peas. <laughs> I have nothing, I feel left out. I always Aww. bring snacks also, when we're recording. Also, I feel like I'm feeling as a fat man. Oh, trust me, Ty, you're <laughs> <laughs> I did have so, um, like an hour before recording, so I'm good. Um, Ty, just because you're recording and not me, what time are we at? Do <laughs> uh, you think I can see that? It actually isn't telling me how long we've been recording for. I just know we're recording. Uh-oh. Okay. Um, um, are we sure? <laughs> yes, it, the button says stop recording, so I have not clicked it, so, you know. Okay, um, I'm just, cautious tip, right, um. Yeah, I don't want to press anything. Well, right, I feel like we've been going for quite a bit. We've been um, going for, so at, do we want to, at least, we've been going for an hour, at least. Okay, so do we want to jump into specific little observations and then we'll do the questions? Um, because yeah. it's, uh, as you said, Josh, a lot of really cool little details in this movie so I feel like we should just spend some time acknowledging those yeah let's do it um, yeah. I've led most of the conversation so far if either of you two have a couple you can dive in before me I mean I can trim some of the I can do what no, who edited the Nightmare Before Christmas who edited it? I, I don't know I can trim the fat on this okay Oh, you mean, okay, yeah. Um, Give it a couple Yeah, does anyone, ha- does anyone have, like, a a fun little, like, a, a, a thing they want to uh, just point out with fun, this one? Fun? No. My favourite thing, so I don't know if this is quite what you're going for, but I remember, I just, my favourite story about this is when Tim Burton <clears throat> kicked a wall and broke it because someone tried to disagree with him. Um, either of you know about this? Um, no, even I don't know this one. Oh, this is great fun. So originally, they wanted to make Oogie Boogie um, Dr. Frankenstein in disguise or something along those lines. Ooh. And Tim Burton thought that was such a dumb idea. He that kicked is a, a hole sucks. in a wall. 
he was like he was so angry at the idea that he literally kicked a hole in the wall. And um, obviously, you've seen the film. Oogie Boogie mm-hmm. is not Doctor Frankenstein in disguise. Yeah. No, he's a bag of bugs. Oh, he's not though. He's a bug. This is sorry. Yeah, he's, he's a one bug, bug, which is insane. Like how? What? No, no. So Ty, yeah, yeah. So you think he's not though? He's one bug that inhales other bugs and gets them to be his friends to make this big kind of like sack of bugs. But he himself is one bug that gets squished by Santa Claus. Santa Claus is a murderer. Confirmed. Well, well. So, so, <laughs> you know, he murdered the boogie man. So he's not the thing from Still. Constantine. <laughs> no, it is not the thing from Constantine. <laughs> I, I was going to say note to self, put that in the edit, but you're editing anyway, Ty. <laughs> I have, a, I have, an ed- I have a, a, a thing I want to point out. Yeah. It's, it's not fun. The, the children, you know when Jack's like first in Halloween Town going essentially, you know, the thing that's become a meme, like the fuck, the fuck, the fuck is in the air, that one. When he's, like, when he breaks What's the, this? When he commits <laughs> B&E, when, when he literally breaks laws and breaks into that mm-hmm. house... And there's like three things sleeping in a bed. Those things are haunting. No, the three things. Um, are... the elves. Those the elves. things are haunting. <laughs> oh. Um, I think I I think that's more just a flaw with the concept of stop motion animation because everything in stop motion looks creepy. No, no, no. That's true. Was fine. Every every other character in that film was he... fine, apart from those three little fuckers. Well, that's it. They're supposed to look like that. Creepy. <laughs> elves are fun, happy creatures. So when you see them in stop motion, they look a bit funny. You know what I mean? No, all the other elves in that town were fine. Um, three I do. Dead. That's it. What's this? Um, I, 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 we were watching the film for this. I realized just how creepy Jack is in that scene. You just realized. But, like. Well, because I think I just associate that scene with the song, which is like really fun and on my Christmas playlist. Oh, you and he's just creeping about with those you know? long legs. Well, that's it. Because he doesn't realize what he's doing, which is the the clever thing about it. Like he's fully, like he, he he's singing about the like the idea of the elves, like uh, they're having peaceful dreams and there's nothing there to scare them, and then he fully gives one a nightmare, like by accident yeah. without realizing. Um, which is just like foreshadowing to the concept of the movie. This is the inciting incident where, you know, eventually he's going to learn that he can't force his version of fun on everyone else on, on their things because he doesn't actually get what's going on. He can't just take things. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good scene. It's a good scene. Sure. It's a good film. It's a good film. <laughs> I love this movie. Um, because it's the prettiest one. Because the film's called The Nightmare Before Christmas Time. I was gonna, I was gonna say this. Uh, obviously, it's it's Halloween to Christmas because they're the most like they're the two holidays that are most like um, totally different from each other. Mm-hmm. Like in in the most obvious way, uh, and also where we are, they're the holidays that follow each other. Uh, but they're not in the country the film is from. No, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. 
So this this film totally could have been the nightmare before Thanksgiving, and I'm so grateful it isn't because that's a terrible idea. Yes, because it doesn't exactly have the same ring to it, does it? That is a that is a boring movie. <laughs> There's a horror movie called The Nightmare Before Thanksgiving. I guarantee it. There's a movie called The Nightmare well, Before Thanksgiving. There's a a horror movie called Thanks Killing. I'm looking. I'm going to see. It's about a it's about a killer turkey. Because why wouldn't it be? I think that I think that's something to do with Eli Roth. Um, that would check out, to be fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can, a couple other things. Uh, you know the Melting Man? Yeah. It's from the guy that's melting. Do you know how they did that? Not a clue, actually. You had the same, the same reaction as the first time someone talked to me about this. Is you've never thought about it before. Did they just start melting one of their models? Well, they made his head out of wax. And then, oh, yeah. obviously, when you're doing stop motion, you know, you, you move the model slightly, take a photo, move the model slightly, take a photo, yada yada. Mm-hmm. Between shots, they put a hair dryer on him. Whoa. So it was constantly, like, actually melting? He was just actually melting, but then, like, melting quickly and then slowly and then quickly and then slowly so that the drips would capture in the photos. Mm. Why, why would you not just mm. do that consistent camera click? You know the one that tastes like... It's, a- 1990, it's 1993. Like, the stop-motion animation, like, on this kind of budget didn't exist yet. They, they, they had to do it the old-school ways. Right. Which is probably another reason why the movie is not even an hour and twenty. <laughs> yeah, it took them a very long time to, to just, uh, you know, yeah, film what they did have. Um, a couple of things, I, I just want to point out the brilliant pun that is the name of, uh, sorry, the names of the uh, trick-or-treaters. They are uh, Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Yeah. That's, that, that's good. <laughs> That's my whole observation there. I just, I like that pun a lot. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> just, just that's a good pun. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah. It's needless. They say their names once and we're done. It's pretty funny. Yeah. It's a little, <laughs> nice. Uh, in fact, do you know who voices uh, Lock, Stock and Barrel? Huey, Dewey and Louie. No. Take a stab, dude. So, uh, two of them are, are other cast members in the film doing other voices. You've got Danny Elfman as Barrel, also the singing voice of Jack Skellington, and Catherine O'Hara, who voices Sally, is uh, a shock. Uh, but Locke is voiced by Paul Rubens. Ah. Now, I've, I've quizzed you two on this before. Do you remember who Paul Rubens is? Right. Isn't he Pee Wee Herman? Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Yes. I was going to say, it's with a really gravelly voice that plays Iago, but that's not that sad. No, No, that's Gilbert Coffrey. Gilbert Coffrey, thank you. So yeah, the the little devil boy, that's uh, Pee Wee Herman. Because naturally, why wouldn't it be? There is a delightful video on YouTube where um, at a... You know how they do screenings of films like this with live orchestras? Yeah. Um, There's a little video where Danny Elfman, Catherine Herrera and Paul Rubens... uh, 
showed up to one of those screenings and sang Kidnap Mr. Sandy Claus live. Oh, oh fair enough. Which I highly recommend watching. It's, it's very nice. Um, Paul Rubens is great. Messed up song, by the way. Let's just quickly throw that one in there. Really messed up. They're talking about like literally torturing Santa Claus. Yeah, they 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 gonna chop him up. They're gonna bury him yeah. for many years just to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So when I talk about the fact they didn't think they could market this movie to a wide audience, there is a song about three children murdering Santa Claus in it. Yep. Um. We're also not gonna talk about the fact that you used to watch this as you know when you were younger. You know. Be handing. The ending. They give Christmas back to Santa Claus, and then Jack realizes he's in love with Sally, and then the credits roll. <laughs> I thought you meant with the ending with the very anticlimactic um, villain battle. Um. Yeah, I will. I will give you that. There is an um. Maybe a slight pacing issue with the fact. That, yeah, the. I think it's a good scene. I like the. The showdown with Mr. Mr. Oogie Boogie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the rest of the film, it's quite short. <laughs> it is cool. quite short. It's just but not the cool guy thing. It looks good. But to, to be fair, he does have maybe the best villain song in any animated movie ever. Because I remember any wrong. of it. Wrong. Just wrong. Well, it, unless, unless you're gonna say the joke answer that I say all the time, I, I, there isn't, there is no better villain song than the Mr. Oogie Boogie song. There is a better villain song than the, the. What is a better villain song? Okay, what's the joke one that you all always say? So I don't say it. Love is an open door. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's be prepared by Scott. No. Okay, you're both well, you're both wrong, and you can both shut up. Thanks. Okay, go, go. Clearly, neither of you have go seen ahead, have seen Gaston's Gaston's song from Beauty and the Beast, which is the greatest villain song of all time. That's thank that, you. Oh, what's his name? What's his the oh, what's the guy that sings it called? Gaston. No, the the small fat one. Uh, Le, oh, Le, 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 Le Fair. Le Fair. Yeah. That is Le King love letter to Gaston. Oh yeah. <laughs> also the villain song, and it is better than any other song that you guys. Have I, I, I didn't think of. Gast- I didn't think of Gast- I like Gaston. Is sung by the villain. Gaston is the villain. No, Gaston is, and he sings Gaston most of the song. Barely sings it. It's Lefou. Lefleur. Lefou. No, nope. it, it's about. It's called Gaston. Yeah, it's about <laughs> Gaston. It is the best villain song. It's be prepared. Be no, it's barely a song. It's also not that great of a song. Do you know it's what? Not. It's a great what, scene. It's barely a song. Right now, <laughs> right, right now, you're gonna go on Instagram and say what is the best Disney villain song. We need answers. Okay, but the thing is, I couldn't hum the melody to be prepared or say any of the lyrics. It's totally Nazi Germany. It's the best one. It's a, it's a great scene. It's not a song. <laughs> See, do you, know like, time, Miss... do you know who would have top song? It'd be Hades if Hades had a theme song. 
I so wished there was a villain. There should be a villain song in Hercules. That there that film is missing a villain song. Hades is um, missing a villain song. Just his own little team <clears> and cheerleaders. Just boom. Um, yeah. Usual questions. Uh, is is this? Uh, I forgot to ask a person before I started asking the question. Josh, you go uh-huh. first. Normally. Is is sure. this? Would you recommend this movie? Just in in a general sense. Yep. <clears throat> would you like to explain? <laughs> just that. So. I mean, you can yeah. give one word answer if you want. Okay, hang on, hang on. I'm, I'll steal with some. Yes, I would definitely recommend this film because even if you haven't seen it as a kid, then you need to make amends for the poor, poor childhood that you did have. So yeah, watch the wow. film and you'll love it. That's fair. Wow. Uh, Ty, uh, yeah. same question. In a general sense, do you recommend this movie? Honestly, Josh had a great childhood. I must say no. And I'm going to tell you why. If you get to... What's the middle age between me and you guys? Like 23, 24? Call 23, 24. You're so old, Ty. Uh, I'd still crush you. In, in fact, yeah, I'd dead um... in the summer. Uh, right. If you get to like 23, 24 and you've seen like clips or something of this movie and you have not decided to watch it, don't. Because you will have the same reaction I had and sit there and go, it's fine. Especially if you've watched other Tim Burton movies. And then you'll think, hey, I could have watched most of another movie in the hour and 16 minutes I watched this movie. Wow. Yeah. Nathan, would you recommend this movie? I to say my name, though. What? Um, uh, yeah, of, of course I do. I, lo- I, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, I'm going to... I didn't want you to say my name. No, I said you won the race to say my name. Oh, right. Usually Josh beats you. Usually. Sorry, you need a win this time. <laughs> uh, dude, I've been taking um, dubs all summer. I've been taking dubs. But yeah, um, I, of course I recommend this movie. I love this film. Um, I, I'm actually going to... Uh, I'm going to... Ty, you pointed out, it, it's an hour and 16. It's a short film. You're not wasting a lot of time on this thing. Like, it's a really iconic movie. Even if you walk away vaguely indifferent, at least you know what people are talking about. You know? Yeah, like it's one of those. It's a touchstone movie. You may as well just see it. And it's I'll barely do, a time commitment. Don't do that um, High Fidelity is a touchstone movie, and no, thank you. Oh, I meant touchstone as in like referenceable, not as in the studio touchstone. Oh right. I realised that it's both. <laughs> That's on me. Um, but who who cares about if a, if a movie's good or not? That's not what we're here to talk about, boys. <laughs> That's not what we do here. We're looking for midnight screenings here. So, Josh, is this a midnight screening? Hmm. Yeah. I think it's a great wee palate cleanser, if nothing else. Because, I mean, you, you know, you've watched, you've watched a couple of weird movies, and you know, like, you know you've got some more things coming, especially if it's, like, if you're doing, like, a horror night one or a Christmas night one. It's, like, perfect. There's, like, a three-month period. This just fits right in. 
because you can just watch it as like a nice hour and 60 minute long. You know, that's when you have when you're refilling your snacks, you know, you're waiting on the pizza to arrive. You just ordered it, that kind of thing. It's just nice. And you can just enjoy the nice bit of peace, relaxing. You can sing along. Yes. Why wouldn't it be? Because it's also a great film that everyone should watch. Yeah, people, if you want the sorbet between the meat that is Friday the 13th and the fucking mint chocolate that is Home Alone, sure. Okay. Saying movie night, are you planning that starts with Friday the 13th and ends at Home Alone? Oh, no, 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 no. I never said we're planning that starts with Friday the 13th and ends with Home Alone. I'm saying the movie before Night Before Christmas, the horror movie, Friday the 13th. Then Nightmare Before Christmas. Then you watch Home Alone to get into your Christmas movies and you end your Christmas movies with Die Hard, obviously. We've established that already. You start If you want to know our thoughts on on Die Hard, you can find those easily. You start your horror movie with like Scream or something, you start with a nice slasher, then move into the other stuff. Um is that is that your answer to the question? Is that a man that's been in? Yeah. Yes. I would watch this with my boys with a couple of drinks. And Josh is right, it's a snack filler. It, it is that. So and you can sing along. <laughs> this, this is alone. This, this is alone. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. <laughs> Nathan, do you think this is a next screen? Ah, suck it, Um... Yeah, uh, I'm going to echo most of what you guys have said. It's so short, It's a, you may as well. Like, uh, I think this movie gets better with other people, because like Josh said, it's, you know, it's a musical that you can sing along with. It's it's fun and campy. It's, yeah, of course it's minute screening. It's perfect minute screening. I don't want to say perfect minute screening, but yeah, it's, it's, it's up there. Once again, it's an hour 60. <laughs> If you start this at the time you normally we we would normally start most of our movie nights, it wouldn't even be midnight by the time the film was over. Like <laughs> that's true. Whole on, movie in there. Whilst deciding what other films to watch, because that's how long it usually takes yeah. anyway. Um, I'm realizing right now that uh, we didn't explain why we're doing this movie. Um, so people are probably confused. Because I'm a genius. There we go. Explained. I was gonna say yeah. Um. People, you, you may notice that th- it is not uh, the correct time to watch this movie, based based on whatever your opinions are on the correct time to watch this movie. But uh, Ty had an idea. So Ty, what was your idea? So if you want to explain why we're, we're reviewing it now. So when discussing movies that we could potentially watch, we needed a... a I, would, I don't want to say filler episode because that's wrong. We needed an episode that would perfectly combine... Halloween and Christmas. Now, we do understand we haven't done a Halloween episode. We do apologise. It was very difficult to get all three of us together to do a, to do this. And it is currently uh, 9.37 at night, just for anyone that's <laughs> So we need a filler episode. And I slammed the counter and went, Nightmare Before Christmas. And Nathan went, genius. And that was it. That's it. Uh, we're recording this. Uh... Potentially releasing it and uh, bang in the middle of Halloween and Christmas. So hopefully, for your so it's actually the perfect time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, screw your argument about whether or not this is a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie. Most of the movie takes place in November. When so. is Thanksgiving? 
November. Uh, end of November. End yeah. Of November. Right. Because um, when I was researching this, it actually said uh, like before Christmas is a Thanksgiving movie. So I've heard that Fonzie's, a few times. Yeah. Just for fun, just imagine if I, like, I got it out in time for Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. Uh, and one last thing before we before we wrap up, because uh, with Die Hard, we set the precedent that even though we hate the obvious questions, we may as well just do them anyway because people are going to ask. Uh, Halloween or Christmas? Which is it? Which which? What is this film? Which which one does it fit in better? Josh, you go first. It's both. I just said it. Nah. You know, stuff this whole. It has to be one or the other. No, <laughs> so it's a nightmare before Christmas. It has them both in it. Why pick one? No, don't. It's both. Shop. You're just um, refusing to play. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not a fair question. The film is about Halloween people enjoying Christmas or having a Christmas. Therefore, it's both a Halloween film and a Christmas film. It gives you a three-month grace period of watching it as well. It's a great I film, agree. That's so why I have three months. That is why we're doing it now. But the, <laughs> it's not the question. It's my answer. Even... Even more upset about this than when I made you do the Die Hard one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, Nathan, you'll appreciate appreciate the ratio. It's seventy five percent Halloween, twenty five percent Christmas. Boom, it's a Halloween movie. Well, I have completely the opposite view. I would say it's more of a Christmas movie. It's Halloween, like all most of but the it's films. A- and the, the start, the middle, and the end are all Halloween themed. There's a little. It's, a, it's aesthetically very Halloween, but it's all about the spirit of Christmas. So, just so you get it straight, what we're saying is we've got one person that's saying both, one person saying Halloween, one person saying say Christmas, which means it all equals out to it's both. Sorry. Yeah. So, we're we back to the question. Who cares? You don't win here, Josh. You don't win here. That's not how it works. It's a. It's a no, what we've. What, yeah, what we've realised is that we're back to where we started, and that is, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, Very true, watch the movie, it's great, it doesn't matter the time of year. Is, most of the time we will argue about literally everything, and we will find, even if there's only two options, we will find a third option, and one person will support that option. Hello! Yeah. Well, um, that's the show, That's we're out. Um, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Well, As always, it's... Yeah, this was a particularly rambly episode, but uh, maybe it translated. I hope it did. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. If you're watching or listening, I guess, on YouTube, uh, there'll be a link to the Spotify. Uh, Follow us on there. Uh, Listen to us on the go. Maybe you want to do that. That could be cool. Also, rate us on there. That really helps with visibility. Um, Subscribe to your channel, etc. Links first will be in the description if you want to follow us on Twitter or you want to follow or individual Instagram, stuff like that. Just It'll all be in there, you can find it. Um, next episode will be the Christmas special. Get excited mm. for that. Um, obviously, thanks to Josh and Ty for uh, doing another one of these. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. And uh, that's, that's it, that's the show. That's it, that's the show. <laughs> Perfect. That's, that's, that's all, folks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Literally, so professional. So happy. Hashtag. Professional. Professional. <laughs> uh, doses.